What is going on? And we are back with the third episode of NF Sports Talk. And since we last talked, there's been some really interesting stuff going on in the NFL. As the new CBA agreement has been passed, the start of free agency is just around the corner, and a lot's more to come. This episode is going to be mainly focused on football and the NFL directly. Um, But who knows what other episodes are going to lead us to. So just to start off, the NFL... There's been a lot of stuff going on in the last few days. Free agency is really heating up, like we said, and uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on right now. Big-time big, big time players are being signed. Uh, some players are being released, traded, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess the biggest thing today was we woke up to the new CBA agreement being talked and, and successfully voted upon by the players. Uh, I have Ethan here again with me for the third episode in a row, and I'd just like to know, Eth, like, what do you think about this new CBA for football? Do you think it's a really good step in the right direction? Do you think it's a negative impact on the NFL? Like, what do you overall think about this? I think this is definitely good. It's going to be a huge boost for a lot of younger guys. They're going to be getting paid more. Obviously, the average NFL career is only like a year or two. It's going to give more opportunity to more guys because I believe it showed that game day rosters are going to be increased. Do you know how many players that is? Uh, it has 55 rosters now, it says. Yeah, and I believe – is that with the CBA? Uh, yeah, it was 53, and now it's gone to 55. Yeah, so it's an extra two spots where younger guys are probably going to be getting – paid a bit more than they would have on the practice squad. And larger practice squads, it says here as well. Yeah, larger practice squads. Uh, players will now be able to smoke marijuana without being punished, which is also huge because, you know, NFL has kind of been super, super strict on that for some reason rather than any other sports. So it's interesting to see them finally go from super strict to just, you know, like, like it's nothing now. There's been lots of players like Josh Gordon, who's been hit by that hard throughout his career, gave him such a bad name. And come when he was drafted, he was looking at they he had some pretty good comparisons with Randy Moss. Like he could have been a very good player, but he's just killed by the suspensions from smoking marijuana. Right. There's a lot of a lot of player focused benefits here for the players' best intentions. Um, but another thing here is not only is the players going to be benefiting, but the NFL is going to be making so, so much more money from this, um, because the season was already short enough with 16 games and the revenue is so high per game. They have the highest per game revenue out of any sport. So when you add an extra game and an extra two teams to the playoffs, you're getting an extra two or three games, um, that are going to be highly tuned in. Oh, excuse me, uh, you're getting an extra game per team. So that's an extra, what, 16 games that are going to be making revenue. And then in the playoffs, you're going to be getting an extra two, two, one or two games on, on primetime TV to watch your, your teams play. Um, and also having that the only the number one seed gets the first round by now, which makes it that more competitive to get that first round by. Uh, do, you, do you like the, the new teams? I know you had a point that we talked about how the Rams and the Steelers could have made the playoffs this year. 
if yeah. the new rules are in place. Yeah, I definitely like how they're adding the extra team from each conference. It'll there's a lot of good teams that didn't make the playoffs this year, which that could definitely definitely help their chances. Like the Steelers, you know, they I'm pretty sure they started off like zero and four, zero and five, like not very well, obviously. And one game difference could have changed that going to the playoffs. They were they were on a hot streak there, and then there's the Cowboys. Right, like imagine seeing like that Cowboys team should have been in the playoffs regardless, but mm-hmm. I I definitely think it'll be super. I think it's gonna make it that much more interesting. Yeah, like I guess everyone loves the underdog rule, and when you have a number seven seed now that's making the playoffs, it gives them that much extra chance. Like as you saw this year, the Tennessee Titans, and they were being rooted upon by most of the teams to take down the, the Ravens and they did and they they came really close to taking down the Chiefs but uh unfortunately Patrick Mahomes was just on another level this year. But like everyone was getting behind the, the Titans and they they liked the underdog role. So having another a seventh team, a seventh seed in each conference gets that many more teams an opportunity to compete and gives them I like when you get in the playoffs, it's a fair chance for everyone, you know, it's whoever's playing their best football. And like you said, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were playing really good football. They were on a really hot streak. The defense was playing great. Uh, the, the quarterback situation was kind of weird, but they were getting wins. And it was like, you know, if, if they got in the playoffs, you never know what could have happened. It yeah. Was just the one game. Not, not only beating the Ravens, but they beat the Patriots as well first. Right. Which was, again, no one thought that would have happened with Brady looking to get another ring before his career is over. Really, they came out of nowhere. Honestly, Derrick Henry kind of carried that team, literally. Right. And it was, it was just another, them and the, the Niners kind of showed the new era of the NFL. Like, you don't need to pass the ball 30 times a game to win. Yeah. I think, um, I think today, with Ryan Tannehill being signed to this humongous extension, I've seen that in the two playoff games, the, I, th- I think it was the Ravens-Chiefs games, he threw the ball 30 times in two games. Yeah. And you, and you look, at, look at how much he's being paid at, at 31 years old. Like, people, I don't know if people understand how old Tannehill is really yeah uh, he's 30 yeah 31 like uh as a quarterback that's he's already had a pretty lengthy career taking all those hits down in Miami for all those years but yeah he I don't know do you do you think that signing was worth it or I really don't I don't know like that's a lot that's a, that's, that's a lot of money Almost 120 million over four years. Let's just say 30 million a year. Uh, you're, you're almost talking DAC money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's almost the money. I mean, after seeing Ryan Tannehill get that and he barely throws the ball, I can only imagine that DAC's going to get his 40 million a year or whatever he's asking for. Right. And, and you saw DAC. He came in as a rookie and led that team. He's been playing a high level football over the last since he entered the game, entered the 
league when he was a rookie. And you look at Tannehill, what what did he play six games last year, and then the playoffs, and he got rewarded with this huge contract. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. And honestly, he like he didn't do much. Like it was Derrick Henry in the line who kind of carried them. I think Derrick Henry had more passing touchdowns against the Ravens than Tannehill did. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like. It's, it's crazy because, like, I, I, like, I'm not disrespecting Tannehill. You know, like he, he's always been, he's always been a, someone who could make open passes. But like, do you, do you really trust Ryan Tannehill when it's the game's on the line, and your thirty million dollar quarterback is out there to make a throw? Do you really trust him to, to make that throw and win, win the game for you? I mean, in his career, he has. 23,000 passing yards, which is, he does have, that's quite a few yards, but his, uh, his QB rating is only an 89, which isn't that great. He's throwing 145 touchdowns, but having 81 interceptions. Like, it's not, it's not great. He, I mean, he's got the yards, like you were saying, but I don't know, I don't know if he can read a defense very well or... Like statistically, he he did have the best year of his career last year, but he only played ten games. So it's like you got a sample of what he. I guess it comes down to it, the confidence they have with him. They obviously saw something in him that like because they had a Mariota, and I, it's just crazy to think that the Titans' quarterback is not going to be Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and then uh, I believe he's also a free agent this year. Yeah. So I mean. I definitely wouldn't say his career is done yet. He was, uh, I believe he was a second overall pick. He was. Or, yeah, yeah, I believe he was a second overall pick. Like, and he's, how old is he here? Mariota, he's, he's 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, he's he's about six years younger than Tannehill because Tannehill's birthday is coming up soon. Really? So Tannehill's getting even older. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, he's only twenty six years old, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can have a comeback season if uh, he signs somewhere else. Because I know coming into coming into the playoffs, I seen that the Titans were using Mariota to try to replicate Lamar Jackson with his speed. Right. So I don't know. I think a team could definitely use him. He could be a starter on one of the the lower teams, maybe. Well, the thing is, I know the Titans weren't winning with Mariota, but he had seven touchdowns and two interceptions, which is is a pretty good ratio. And he had a ninety two point three quarterback rating for them. Um, again, that's pretty good. But they decided to to instantly get rid of him as soon as Tannehill became an option. Like we all thought, what are the what are the Titans doing trading? for Tannehill, but it turns out that that's who they wanted and that's who they have. And I, I like you said, I think Mariota could could be a really good player for any team that he goes to because you look at the Titans, who are their weapons really other than Derrick Henry? Like you had the rookie, um, A.J. Brown. Yeah, super fast. Very fast, physical. Um, and then you have who? Like, right, Blaney Walker. He's older than my... Grandma. And he was just released. Exactly. 
So you can't like Marcus Mariota literally had to pass the ball to himself for that one playoff game, and and that's what he was doing this year. You know, he's throwing to like everyone knocks Mitchell Trubisky, but Mariota and Trubisky got about the same weapons: a good yeah. running back and one receiver. I was even going to say that I was going to say Mariota wouldn't maybe wouldn't be bad going to the Bears, but I do like Trubisky. I don't think he's had enough around him to to show what he can do. Right. And I think it's like you said, Mariota's 26. Yeah. That's still extremely young for a quarterback. Yeah. He couldn't even be in his prime yet. Like, what's Joe Burrow's age? Is believe- he like 23 or something? Yeah, I know. He, I know he's older than Lamar Jackson, and he hasn't even been drafted yet. Yeah, Joe Burrow's 23. So you'd take those two, and Mariota's already been in the league for so long. Yeah. Like you said, he might not even be in his prime yet, given the right circumstances. Definitely. So, I don't know. I I definitely think it's way too early to give up on the kid already. And he's just so athletic. He can throw. He can run. He can – he's tall. He's not like, – you know, he's he's pretty, pretty athletic quarterback. He won the Heisman Trophy when he was in college, so. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it'll be – like, I don't know, like, I think giving Tannehill that much money, like, going back to the topic of Tannehill, giving Tannehill that much money before Derrick Henry, and he was their team. Yeah, so I see their plan is to just apparently franchise tag him, but I'm not sure I'm not sure how he feels about that because I know midway through the season, he was saying Ezekiel Elliott's contract is the minimum that he would be interested in looking at. So I'm not sure if he's... Interested in the franchise tag or not? Because you've seen tons of players obviously sit out due to that. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. I know. heard Yannick Nagakwe won't do it, won't play on the tag. I'm pretty sure was it was it Zeke as well. I'm pretty sure yeah. it took them a couple of games to get him signed. I know players just have so much control nowadays that they get what they want and or they're not playing. Exactly. And like Derrick Henry, like I said, he he carried that team and and he won the rushing title after sitting out the game. He didn't even play all sixteen games with fifteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. That's that's yeah ridiculous. He's a, he's a phenomenal phenomenal running back for for sure. He's a monster. He's huge. Like there's just no one. Like you're looking at him when you're watching the game. It's like a a giant running against little kids on the field. He's just so much bigger and stronger and faster than everyone. Yeah, it honestly is crazy to see him out there looking at the sides of him and to see him just outrunning corners and safeties. It's mind-blowing. Right, like you don't think, you can say, oh, Derrick Henry's slow, but he's really not. He, he can run as fast as any running back you need him to run. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's, I don't know. Like I don't know. That's like 120 million is just a lot of money for Tannehill. Yeah, and then um, I seen like I know how players have like the incentives or whatever. Like he could make more than that with his incentives. I don't think they've been released, but I uh, I seen that he could make more than that. Yeah, and that's just ridiculous. I think like, that's got to be one of the highest contracts in the league right now. Because I know Garoppolo, he's getting 26 annually. 
And he, that was a big contract by the time he signed it. So, like, you think of someone like Drew Brees or or Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, like, I'd hope they're getting more money than Tannehill. Yeah, it'll definitely be – it'll be interesting to see how these other top quarterbacks this free agency pan out to see how much they get paid. Right, and I think when you set this set the market with someone like Tannehill at $30 million annually – Twenty nine million, I guess, if you want to be exact, but that's yeah, that's just crazy. Considering you're looking at Dak wanting the more than Wentz at thirty, thirty was it thirty four, thirty five? Yeah. So that's only a few million off annually. So, and I wouldn't rate him in the same class as those two. That's for sure. No, <laughs> I wouldn't either. Really, like I guess. Dak's got some a bit more weapons than Tannehill and and Wentz. He was working with nothing really, so it's gonna they got to get some weapons. But yeah, uh, he really does have nothing. I I don't know a single receiver on their team. Well, well, I mean, they did have Jeffrey and Sean Jackson, but they both got injured right away. So yeah, early in the season. So I mean, yeah. I guess like the that's a good roster with Alshon, Deshaun, Zachary, Goddard. I guess a good receiving core, but they just all were unhealthy. So, yeah, I, I that's just crazy. Tannehill getting that much. I, when I saw that, I was like, "Well, uh, he really he really cashed out. He really did the best of this situation last year." Yeah. Those those playoff games really did help him get that get that pay, most definitely. Right, like there's just so much free agency going on, and uh, another big move that happened today was Clayus Campbell being traded for a fifth round pick, which is at first you go, that's that's so that's nothing for Clayus Campbell, and then you see him getting paid. $27 million on a two-year extension with the Ravens, and you think, well, that's a that's a pretty good offer for him, I guess. But then you look at the stats, and I get he's, he's a big name. He's a big-time role model, speaker. But productivity-wise, he's getting kind of gray in the beard. He's 33 years old. Um and he's coming off a season where he only had six and a half sacks on a team that had not very many pass rushers. He was kind of their only one. So, uh, you, like, when you look at the Clayus Campbell signing for the Ravens, what is your first first thoughts? That it's I like it depends on the trade, but I think like NFL draft picks—they're just worth so much. Like a fifth, like I don't know, a fifth round sounds like a steal to me for uh, a team that can obviously win it next year. Right. I mean, obviously, he's going to be better than someone that they took in the fifth round, short term, obviously, moving forward with uh, all their young stars. I think. Yes, like you're right. There's there's probably not going to be a fifth round pick that's better than Calais Campbell. But the fact that he got twenty million dollars guaranteed to him, he could get zero sacks for the next two years and still make twenty million. 
Yeah, I, they just have... They trust him. I guess. They they think he's going to be the man for him. Right. I, I feel like... I guess if you're the Ravens, you're taking him in as a... I guess that I, I would say the productivity is not the biggest reason you're signing him. I know you mentioned how he's a great, great leader for that team. He could be the captain of the defense, even if he doesn't get 10, 15 sacks a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just going to be something to look at at his age, 33 years old, coming off six and a half sacks. And, and, in a season where, you know, the Jags couldn't do nothing. So it was kind of looking at, at their team. Like, I guess you look at 2017, he had 14 and a half. That ridiculous year. 10 and a half in 2018. But then he falls down to six and a half. So in the last two years, he's went down four four sacks a season. So... His productivity has really declined, but but their line wasn't too bad. They had the rookie Devin Bush. I think he might be a linebacker, but I know he's a pass rusher. Then they have um, I don't even want to pronounce his name. Do you know Jonathan Gakwe? Yeah, I know he uh, he's another good lineman. So who knows? But speaking of the Jaguars, what is that franchise doing? It's yeah. like they're in full self-destruct mode right now i seen they they i seen um once they traded aj for the fourth mm-hmm. just two years ago they were up at halftime versus the patriots in the afc final or championship they, they were up 14 points in the fourth quarter yeah and now and now they're a team that you're looking at, I don't know, maybe three wins next year if you're lucky. Like, they're, they just plummeted terribly. And after the Gladys Campbell trade, I see Leonard Fournette is not happy. So, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out the door soon. Right. Like you said, what, like, what are they doing? Because, like, you got to respect teams like the Seahawks the the Patriots, the Steelers, even the Chiefs now, I guess. They they're always in it, you know? Yeah. They're always without whatever they have, they do it. But when you look at teams like one hit wonders, like the the Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago, even the Rams last year, they went to Super Bowl, couldn't couldn't even make the playoffs last year. But <clears throat> you look at the talent on that Jaguars team in two thousand eight in two thousand seventeen, sorry. Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye. Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, Calais Campbell, Yannick Nagakwe, Sean Gibson, Barry Church, Leonard Fournette, Allen Robinson. That just on that defensive side alone, that was one of the de- best defensive constructions uh, as a, a whole unit that has ever happened. Malik Jackson, one of the biggest defensive tackles, like t- to fill a gap as you need, and. They were considered the next Legion of Boom, and yeah. like you said, in two years, they're gone. Every one of them. And they have, uh, you know, they have Nick Foles on a a big contract, huge like, for again for a guy who came into the playoffs 
yes, he won them the Super Bowl, but I mean, again, that's just like a little one-hit wonder. They have him on a big contract. They have Gardner Minshew, who definitely surprised a lot of people. Yeah, definitely came in and did way more than expected. So, so now they're going to be sitting on that that Nick Foles contract. Unless I can't see any team picking that up for any reason. Right. But yeah, they're just uh they're not looking good in the next couple of years here. They they are getting draft picks, but again, no. You can't just go in with a team of rookies and expect to be a contender. Right, like I don't even know like they got Josh Allen last year, who's big name, had a, a okay rookie season. But who's young on that team? Like, you got Leonard Fournette. Like you said, he might want out. And other than that, you have Leonard Fournette, Josh Allen, and I, I don't know. Who who else do they have? You know what I mean? Like, Gardner Minshew, he's still a young, developing quarterback out of the, what, was the fifth round last year or something? Sixth, sixth, round? sixth round, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, you want to you – wanna, I feel like you honestly want to dump that contract of Nick Foles and just try to rebuild. But like you said, who's buying Nick Foles at his age at that price? It, it'll probably – it's going to be a nice high-round pick if anyone does it. Right. You'll, pro- you'll probably you probably get a get Nick Foles and a high-round pick in exchange for a, a low-round pick. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, that team is not looking bright. As of right now, that's for sure. And and they're in a very tough division, you know. Like uh, they're in there with the, I believe it's the Texans and the Titans. Um. Yeah, like that, and those are two. You know, two teams that are only looking up from now. Young. Right. Like. And the the thing is, they're always competing. Like you're always, it's always a battle between the Titans and the Texans for the division. So, yeah, that's that's not a good franchise to be uh, a fan of right now. And they have a good, like they had a good coach too, Tom Coughlin. He's a very experienced, well oriented coach and I, I guess the biggest thing that happened with the Jaguars I don't know if you saw this but the culture was terrible I guess they were having I guess I guess Calais Campbell was telling the younger players to call him inappropriate names as a way of superiority in the locker room really I, I read a thing about that the other day how it was just like a very bad environment for the players and everyone was trying to act like they were the the leaders of that team like yeah I, I don't know I guess that's the biggest thing that but if you don't have a good locker room you can't produce in the field you can't produce in the field that leads to moves being made and here we are now with the Jacksonville Jaguars having not a single defensive player that you have ever heard of yeah after having one of the best Defensive yeah. teams of all time, right? Like that. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous team. Um, well, also another big time defensive player that just has 
I don't know. He he kind of went under the radar last year, and now he's released. Is Xavier Rhodes, who is was a few years ago considered one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league, and um, now he has no home as the Tennessee or the excuse me the Minnesota Vikings decided to cut him. Do you what? At twenty nine years old, he's he's still. May not even be in his prime yet, arguably. Um, What what do you think about this? Do you think it was a good idea for the Vikings to to get rid of him and move on? Or do you think that they might regret it later on? Um, Well, I mean, they obviously had their reasonings for it. But um, I'm not sure what his contract was or if he was a free agent or whatnot. But... It'll be it'll be interesting because uh, he was a he was a first round pick in 2013, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see who picks him up, whether it's a contender, or I see here as of right now the Lions. The Lions are uh, number one team to sign him right now, and that could be, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, that'd be they would have a like a very good you know, defense coming in and I see on all these mock drafts and whatever, the, they have the Lions taking a corner at number five, I believe. So, you know, they could, they, they could use that fifth round pick elsewhere. If he goes mm-hmm. to the Lions and seeing here, another option might be the Cowboys. If right. they, if they can't afford to keep Byron Jones after Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper sign, like there might not be enough money to go around there. So, and, uh, you know, McCarthy knows a lot about Rhodes after coaching in Green Bay. I think that's perfect for them. Yeah, to fill um, Byron's spot if they can't sign him. I think I'd rather take Xavier over Byron at that price anyway. At that, yeah, definitely. Byron's going to be looking for a max, no doubt. I think that's perfect. I think honestly, you could see that because there's no way they're signing Byron, Amari, and Dak this offseason to that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think there's any way. Definitely not with Dak uh, upping his price daily. I yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, like you, you, I don't know, like Xavier Oates has got to be the best available cornerback on the market right now. A free agent. Other, uh, well, I guess other than Byron Jones, yeah. Right, and I, I don't know. Like, Byron kind of just had a – kind of went out of nowhere. Like, like, he was a safety, and he moved to cornerback this year. And uh, he had a very, very good year. But uh, other than that, you didn't really hear much from him. So it, it's interesting to see if someone's willing to, to go all in on him. Yeah. But, um, but uh, another – Big time free agent that I didn't even know he was a free agent to be honest. Uh, Melvin Gordon. After the Chargers have signed back uh, Austin Eckler, I believe is that who it is? Yeah, but um, I think that's I think that's a bit outdated because remember uh, Melvin Gordon waited out and then he eventually signed a big big contract. No, uh, right here there was talks between the Dolphins and him today. 15 hours ago. Mutual interest really? between Dolphins and Melvin Gordon. 
And it says, Melvin Gordon rumors, ex-Chargers running back, interested at Dolphins at the right price. So oh, are the, so the Broncos. Melvin Gordon never got a Melvin Gordon never got a deal. No, I guess not. He must have just came back on his own after sitting out so long, or maybe they franchise tagged him. I'm not sure. No, you can't franchise during the middle of the season. I don't believe. So yeah, wow. he, he must I didn't not, know that. No, I thought he got a deal, and they signed Austin Eckler back. But they got Eckler at a killer price then. If uh, seeing as Melvin Gordon's not coming back. I don't think they will get Gordon back. I thought they had Eckler and Gordon under contract. Yeah, so so did I. That's what I thought too. Until today, when I seen uh, the articles about him going to the Dolphins, which uh, I could totally see that. And if the Dolphins play their cards right, yeah, that could be a scary team in the the four future. Here with fourteen draft picks this year, I know they're up there. I think in the top three, salary cap wise, and. With all those picks, um, that could be a potential hotspot for some free agents. Top name free agents. Right. They had the money, and I I think just the biggest thing is they're, they're in a nice spot. You know, like you go to play them for Miami, it's a nice stadium, it's a nice city, location. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be cold. I mean, the division, well, I don't know, in the next two, three years, that, that whole division could be up for grabs, depending on you know, how the Bills play their cards, and if how long Bill, Belichick stays with the Patriots, like uh, that division could and even, I guess, the Jets the Jets, they're they could make some moves, too that could be a very strong division in the next couple of years Yeah, I I really thought the Jets were going to do better than what they did this year. With how much, like, they, they really did a great offseason with C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell. They had Sam Darnold drafted. You really thought he was going to have a breakout year, maybe. I think they're um, just they're kind of slacking at the, the wide receiver option. I'm seeing here Le'Veon Bell was second on the team <laughs> in receptions. Right. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if they can... Well, this year being a very stacked uh, wide receiver draft, if they could pick up one of these free, uh, wide receivers and wait, did I did I say free agency wide receivers? Yeah. Oh, okay. I meant to say the, the NFL draft mm-hmm. is very stacked in the wide receiver position this year. So you know that could be a. That could be a scary team as well with the the right weapons around Darnold and Le'Veon. Yeah, it. They definitely are. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I heard talks about Le'Veon possibly getting out of the Jets. Is that requesting a trade or is that free agency? That's requ- like that's them trading him away because I heard Adam Gase talking about how. Anything was on the board with Le'Veon Bell. So, I don't know. Well, that could be interesting. We can... uh, Draft night should be interesting. I see lots of teams are projected to make some trades up. So, this offseason, I think, is definitely going to be one of the bigger ones in the most recent years. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And 
The Cowboys have three of the top six free agents available right now. And they need to pay them all. And they're all young, and they all need to get paid top dollar. Yeah, they're all looking for their first big-time contract. So that's why none of them seem to want to budge. Yeah. They want that, that money. Because they've they've earned it, they've been playing on the rookie contract, right? And I I just don't know if they can get all all three. Yeah, we can move on to the talks of uh, Clowny. We can yeah, like you're looking can, at Clowny at number four. It'll be uh, I I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if they're signing him back. I haven't. I don't know if he's on the move. I haven't seen nothing. I heard that he wants to stay in Seattle, but he's open to new opportunities. So that's kind of like the cookie-cutter response you're going to get from anybody. Yeah, that they all want to stay where they are, but they are obviously open to new opportunities. I I think Clowney is still one of the best <laughs> defensive players in the league. Yeah, he's um, 27 years old. So, he can just do it all. He has 32 sacks, 236 tackles, 14 pass deflections, 6 forced fumbles, and 4 defensive touchdowns. That's just a guy that you don't want to see coming at you on the other side of the field. Right. He, he reminds you of a faster, more athletic Dante Hightower. Yeah. He just, he just does everything, and, and he's instinctive. Like, he only had three sacks last year, but... He's also adapting to a new defensive... Right. A new defensive uh, playbook and everything. Right. And it's just something that you... When you look up against him and you see him on the other side of the ball, you just don't want... You don't want him coming at you. You know what I mean? No, and... um, Like, he's never been the guy... That goes out there and gets, you know, 16, 17 sacks. His career high is only nine and a half. But at the same time, he's also deflecting passes. Getting tackles on the running backs behind the line. Right. I think you, like, ideally, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the Cowboys, instead of targeting Byron, they target Jadavion, you know, like, is having someone like Demarcus Lawrence and Jadavion Clowney on the same side with Leighton Vanderash there? I'm pretty sure they have. I know their defensive captain is Tyron Crawford. He's actually a Canadian. Mm-hmm. For the Cowboys, so like I'm not sure if he's on a contract or anything like that, but uh, I know I know that they are very fond of him. Obviously, if he's a captain. So, I don't, yeah, but, again, I don't know if they have to have the money for it. I, yeah, like, I'm just thinking about it. They signed um, Jalen Smith to a huge deal. They signed Zeke to a huge deal. They're going to be signing Dak to a huge deal. Their entire line is on huge deals. I don't know where they're getting this money from. What is Jerry doing out there in, in Dallas? They have a total of $68 million cap. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. I feel that that's extremely high, I feel like. For them, yeah. Like, like we're thinking about the Rams and how they get all their money, but... Yeah. Um, so, Demarcus Lawrence is a 21 million cap hit. Zach Martin's a 15 million. Tyron Smith is a 13 million. Travis Fredericks is a 12 million. Zeke's a 10 million. Like, they, uh... They're yeah. just making money out there in Dallas. Yeah, that's the same same with the the Rams. How last year they were just, you know, signing everyone. Here's hundred million. <laughs> Here's a hundred million. Like for real, they were, like they they were, were just giving money away for free. For real. So like, yeah, like it's crazy, and like how you were saying earlier, how somehow the Patriots sign you know two, not even big name players and they're out of cap. Yeah, they they started the season with twenty started the off season with twenty one point five million. And with Matthew Slater and Devin McCordy signed, you gotta expect their cap to be like I'm saying lower than fifteen, maybe twelve for the rest of this for the rest of the off season and the the Rams still have twenty million in cap. And and they have Got to have the highest salaries on in the NFL so far with Gurley, Donald, Goff, Cooks. Yeah, Ramsey. Like, uh, yeah, that's a that's absurd. I know it, it I, especially with the new talks. I thought the new talks were going to increase the salary the uh, the salary cap huge for for teams, but I'm seeing here that the, the Patriots have um, the Patriots have eight million. In dead, dead money. I think yeah. that's the guaranteed from Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown and Michael Bennett. Yeah, that makes up for six and a half million of it. And then there's like Duke Dawson. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I don't know if there's a way for them to get that back, but I don't know. I'm looking and here. They're they're also going to be paying their projected um, salaries from rookies. That's another nine million, because the three third round picks, the what's that fourth six round picks and third three seven round picks, they're gonna be paying ten million almost in um, like just drafting. Yeah, I I I don't know how they have so little money every year compared to the yeah these other teams that just sign players left and right and still have twenty five thirty million. Right. I'm looking at the free agents list here, kind of going back to the ideal situations topic, but uh, you have Philip Rivers here at 11. Um, we haven't, like, he hasn't really been talked about much by anyone. Where do you, where do you see Philip Rivers going? Well, Philip, I did see, obviously, how the, Chicago Bears have said they're interested in bringing up a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows what that means, if it's to start or if it's to, you know, mentor Trubisky or what. But I can maybe see him going to the Bears or the Colts if if he does sign. But those reports of him just moving to Florida 
to be with his family. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for him to move from San Diego to Florida, then, you know, back to another team. So. Right. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if what I'm pretty certain a team is going to put an offer in for him. It's just like, that's a pretty big name quarterback, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking at it here. He had 23 TDs, but 20 interceptions last year. And he he's definitely not the most mobile quarterback. No, and at 38 years old, you 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 really hope he's not. Some teams not willing to spend top dollar on him. Like like I said, the Bucks. Like the Bucks have Winston as an option, but I feel like with the weapons that they have, Rivers could definitely be a viable option for them in the short term. But at the same time, that's only 10 less interceptions than, uh, well, crazy to say only 10 less, but um, of Jameis Winston. Winston had 30 last year? Yeah, I'm, he had 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Oh, my. Yeah. That's almost two a game. Yeah, I that is that is absurd, but that goes along with his 5,100 passing yards. Yeah, like Rivers still put up forty six hundred, but he just gave the ball away. Like any time you get the ball away twenty, thirty times a, a season as a quarterback, you're you're not winning. I mean, I'm not too sure what the record is for most yards in a season, but assuming Winston only threw you know ten to twelve interceptions, I think Winston could have been around like the fifty five hundred mark, and you know maybe forty touchdowns. If he threw, you know, 20 less interceptions. <laughs> right. Like, he definitely does have the potential. It's just the decision-making that's not there yet. No, for whatever reason, if it's because he's blind or because he's still 26 years old. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. he can't read the defense or what's going on there. So, I don't know. It'll be... For some reason, the Bucks aren't too keen on keeping him, but I'm sure there's lots of other places that would love to have him. Like, I don't know what the Panthers are doing. I don't know if they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year, is what I've been seeing, assuming they don't bring back Cam Newton. So then that's also leaving Cam Newton up on the table. And that Allen guy. Yeah, I heard... Um, I heard they're not very interested in him. I don't know what's going on down there. They don't like anyone. They just drafted um, that Will Grayer kid. Yeah, he was supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, third round. The 37th pick, so that's right at the start of the third round. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they don't just sit there and wait, waste McCaffrey's uh, a year of his career and you know, give him the ball 400 times and he gets hurt or something. Right. Like I, if you're the Panthers, I, I still think you stick with Cam. But you got to get him some weapons because you can't have 30,000-year-old Greg Olson as the number one target for him. Yeah, they do have um, DJ Moore. He's young and uh, super fast. He, he had a very good season. But... Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, 
in their last game of the season, he was targeted one time for one yard. Yeah, like he's definitely their one bright spot on that on that receiving core. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know who they have. Chris Hogan. Uh, he, I think he caught like seventy yards last year. Uh, Chris Hogan. He had sixty-seven yards last year for eight yeah. targets. That's that's some really big time numbers for a for a wideout like that. Uh, yeah, but again, like this is that year where. They're saying this might be the best ever wide receiver class. I I think there's just so many deep, so many wide receivers that they're going to go deep, deep, and maybe even get premium wide receivers at the third, third round. Yeah, like every like every school had two absurd receivers. There's even some good tight ends. There's Randy Moss's son from LSU. He's almost like a wide receiver. He's kind of like a Nikhil Harry. Right, he's big. Big and fast, and I'm sure he's not easy to take down. And since he couldn't participate in the combine and and had an injury, he's his stock is at an all time low. So it might be interesting to see how far he falls because I really any time you're a son of Randy Moss, you know, just that name alone and the potential there is is unprecedented from the rest of the players. So it'll be really interesting to see. But, yeah, there's some really big names here, like just going down the list, Dak, you hope he signs with Dallas, Tom Brady. You you really can't see him going anywhere else, but who knows? Drew Brees, he just keeps getting better and better every year. And Um, that's crazy how Drew Brees has never won an MVP in his career. Yeah, that that is kind of crazy. Like you, you talk about the stats, but at the end of the day, he just doesn't have the the rings. He's always been that guy who puts the numbers up, but it's some. It's just he's been so great, but they just the team never finds a way to win. No, they always they can never rate when it counts. They just they just can't do it. And they're always there. You know, you never really think of a Saints team that hasn't made the playoffs and is not right there. Yeah. Even, even I guess, like, it was kind of amazing to see Teddy Bridgewater come in and do the job he did uh, while Drew Brees was out this year. Yeah, and um, I believe, is he a free agent or does yeah, he have another year? he is. He's a, yeah, like, I don't know. Between the draft and free agency, there's a heck of a lot of of a lot of QBs out on the market. That's for sure if you need one. But I mean, I don't know what... Almost every team, I think, has their set QB. And that's what I mean. Like, There's so many quarterbacks coming in the draft. There's so many um, quarterbacks on the market. But teams are still... They're still projecting three or four quarterbacks in the first round. Like, you just don't know where they're going. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's... Either they're going to sit somewhere and, you know, waste what they could have been, or they're going to push out guys maybe like Stafford, who might have a couple years left, and, like, you never know. Right. And, like, like honestly, I don't know. Like, they have Phillip Rivers here at number 11, but do you really take him at 38 years old instead of drafting, say, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love? Jalen Hurts. 
I would definitely be taking someone in the draft rather than a Philip Rivers. Exactly. And, like, you have Teddy, Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, Dak, Tom, Drew, all these quarterbacks on the free agent market. And, and, there's, and then you have another four, five, six in the draft. And those are teams that that's more than enough for the teams in need. Yeah. I'm seeing here at number 13, they have Corey Littleton, linebacker. His last year's stats were 134 tackles, three and a half sacks, two interceptions, and two forced fumbles. And um, as of right now, it says the Raiders and the Packers are the front runners. I mean, obviously the Raiders could use them after they just they just released their top receiver. I mean, linebacker, sorry, out of nowhere. So I'm not sure if that was their plan. or. And I think obviously right now Vegas, you would think, kind of has to be a hot spot for free agents. Definitely they're going to have all the attention this next year in that UFO-looking stadium that's being built right now. Like, I don't know. I think that's probably going to be a hot spot for some of these definitely younger younger free agents in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. I, I just think their biggest need is definitely receivers. This is the perfect draft for them to, to find the pieces, develop them, and hopefully get some production out of the receivers. Yeah, like I think, you know, if – I don't know. I think that this is – this should be like Gruden's last year, like after all he's done and with this big of a free agency and draft. Like if he doesn't do anything here, they'll be quite – quite interesting to see if they keep him on. Like, I know they're kind of in a tough division there with Kansas, but, I mean, like, playing the Broncos, like, they're obviously a hard team to beat at home with the the difference in the air. And, you know, obviously they're getting – they're only getting better now with uh, AJ for the fourth-round pick. So, you know, the Raiders got to do something and then make a splash to be playoff contenders. Right, and we were talking in the first episode, like, what has Gruden done? And I, I don't know how long. What has he been there, two or three years? He hasn't done anything, really. No, just get paid a heck of a lot of money to stand there with him and his buddy that needs a barber. <laughs> like, right. They, I, they, they have $56 million in cap. Which you know, that's that's obviously not too bad. They got that's two, good, yeah. two firsts, that's uh, three thirds, a fourth, and a fifth. So, like, oh, it'll be it'll be interesting. This is definitely a crazy, a crazy um, draft. Like, I don't like if he screws this one up. I don't know. Yeah, they I, they have fifty four million in cap, so they can obviously make some moves here. I just don't know if it's like I know Gruden plays a part, but I don't know if it's Mayock back there making the calls as well. You know what I mean? Like drafting these guys. Like I feel like this really should be either the final year for Gruden or Mayock in the driver's seat. Like they should have, they have so much, like you said, cap picks, like potential with that team after the picks last year. They really should be in a competitive spot after this year and if they're not then I think you really got to consider getting rid of, of Mayock or, or Gruden 
Yeah, and you got to, uh, I don't know. Like, I see, like, Derek Carr, he's almost like, uh, kind of like Mitch Trubisky, like, you know, he, he he doesn't have the best of weapons around him, but instantly all the blame just gets tossed right to those two guys, no matter what, considering the leading receiver for Vegas now was their tight end with 90 receptions. And then after that was Hunter Renfrew, who is, you know, a fifth-round pick, and he's a small little guy. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I just – who have they had at receiver these last few years? I just don't know. They traded Amari Cooper, but, I mean, I'm not sure. It seemed like he didn't want to be there anymore for whatever reason, whether that's because Gruden and Mayock or because they got rid of Mack or – Right, and I, I think just such an iconic franchise like the Las Vegas, well, like the Raiders, anyway. You just want you you have no choice but to really root for them and just want to see them do well because of how historic they are. Like you look at the Raiders, the Niners, the Cowboys, and yeah, like think, when you think of NFL, like those are the main. Like you ask anyone over the age of thirty, you know, those are the three teams that every anyone's gonna say, and yeah. Especially like with this move too to Vegas, like this is a a lot of pressure. You know, there's a lot of Oakland fans who have been there for years and years and years, and like it's. Uh, I, I think it's definitely a make or break season. Right, I think someone here that I'm just looking at the list again. The someone to stay in the division is Chris Harris. He's a free agent. 31, experienced, but you probably could get him for relatively cheap and he could stay in the division with, with Las Vegas and, and sign with Oakland. It wouldn't be a bad de- decision with how veteran he is. And say you draft someone, you have Abram back there, you have... Uh, It'll be interesting there. to see if this Cleland Farrell... Right. And if if he's ever going to live up to this, you know, fourth or fifth pick, wherever he was taken at, which definitely shocked the world that he was taken so high. It'll uh, Yeah, they took him fourth. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's going to be able to live up to a fourth overall pick. He only had 38 tackles and four and a half sacks last year. You know, and that's a, that's a guy that they took at number four. Yeah, over a lot of big-name players. Yeah, like comparing him to uh, comparing him to Bosa. Like Bosa looks like he's been in the league for you know ten years. Yeah, he he just had a ridiculous season. Yeah, and there's definitely more to come out of him. Like the draft is just so hit or miss. So you never really know because like. Quentin Williams, remember the, the big defensive tackle? I yeah. believe he just got arrested the other day, and I didn't hear much about him during his entire entire rookie year. And yeah. he was drafted second, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, like he only had two and a half sacks and um, played nine games, and there wasn't much, much, much uh, production out of him, so... Um, it's just so hit or miss, but I feel like when you ha- when you draft someone number four overall, you really expect them to do well. So yeah, 
the Raiders have a lot of potential, but they also have a lot of. I feel like the new stadium there, the new environment might really re- do good for them, especially with the draft being right right there. It's such a great scenery, and hopefully, some great some greatness comes out of that. Yeah, move to Vegas. I, about that draft, though, that is that looks like one heck of a setup that they're gonna have, assuming it goes on with um you know the coronavirus and. As of right now, I can't see if that's even going to take place anymore with uh, with all these different states banning gatherings of, you know, under 100 people even. And I see starting tomorrow, some cities in the states are, they're, ban- they're banning, like you're not allowed out past 10 o'clock. Like, so I, I'm not sure that, that that big draft plan that they had, I'm not sure if that's even going to be able to follow through anymore. So, yeah, that like you just never know what with this coronavirus implications as it's really having a big bit impact on everyone. But you hope that they can still have the draft because the idea of them coming out on the boat when they're drafted on the on in front of the casino, it's just on the fountain there. It's just would be iconic and would be really something to remember. So yeah, it especially would be really cool. These kids have obviously been thinking about this their whole life and to be have the chance to have uh, that first outdoor draft like that that'd be yeah definitely you'll never ever forget that yeah it would it'd be something that would it's already memorable enough being drafted but having something like that outside right with the boat yeah 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 really interesting to see but um, free agency coming around the corner. Uh, I believe Monday is you can officially legally tamper, which means negotiations with free agents can begin. But uh, the the official start to the league year is Wednesday, um, and it'll be really very exciting to see. Like I we like we listed off, there's so many great free agents here, some like really big names and iconic players like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a really big year, big name players in the draft, big name players in the free agency. And, uh, it's really starting to heat up and the new league year is coming around. So, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Um, don't forget to check back because we'll keep you right updated with the biggest moves in NFL free agency and, and any sports really, uh,